You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Would you please stand in honor of the reading of God's word? And he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And behold, a man from the crowd cried out, teacher, I beg you to look at my son for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth and shatters him and will hardly leave him. And I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And all were astonished at the majesty of God. These are the very words of God. So join me in a word of prayer for Pastor Doug as he teaches us today. Father God, open our minds and soften our hearts to receive the word today. Thank you for Pastor Doug as he leads us through the spiritual warfare series. Bless him, protect him, and speak through him. And may we receive all that you have for us Father, reveal yourself in a new way. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Allie. And you guys go ahead and take a seat. You, you, you gave like a golf match clap for Allie there. Let's go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, in case you're new here, we've been in the midst of a spiritual warfare series, and I was seeing online that there's this theory out there that pop star Beyonce is demon-possessed. And I thought that was kind of interesting, so I explored on it, you know, explored it more and clicked on it and found there's a reason for that. She, like, has some alter ego that she says makes her more aggressive and more sexual in her performances and stuff. And the alter ego's name, Igor, alter ego's name is Sasha Fierce. Um, So I brought a picture of Sasha Fierce, and here's where she says Sasha Fierce came over her. Um, She she said for the first time, she said, I remember right before I performed, I raised my hands up, and it was kind of the first time I felt something else come into me. That's a little creepy, huh? And she says, I knew that was going to be my coming out night. And so it makes you kind of want to be a little more careful about what you're watching or what you're listening to. Now, in fairness to Beyonce, in recent years, she said she did away with and got rid of Sasha Fierce. And look, I don't know if Beyonce is really demonized or not. I mean, she could just be like a lot of rock stars over the years that are doing this for attention and clicks and, you know, publicity and such. But whether or not she's got a demon... I do know this, that there's a rise in satanic spirituality in our country, and there's a rise in demonic manifestations. I know demons are for real, 
and I know they're plaguing people all around us. Have you ever known someone who had like this irrational and uncanny kind of rage? You know, they just rage, they would go off on people. Or have you ever known someone that would just go out of control and get really violent? Or have you ever known someone that just had this unexplainable, sexually explicit behavior? And could it be there's a connection to the spiritual realm and demons in these behaviors? And if that's true, do you feel like you have the authority and the ability to deal with those types of things? Well, today, hang with me through the whole of the teaching, and I wanna show you your authority in Christ, those of you that follow him, to handle these types of issues. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we started this series, and a lot of us took what we call the eight-week challenge, eight weeks of warfare. And the eight weeks of warfare challenge is to pray a very specific spiritual warfare prayer every single day during the series. Now, if you're just joining us in the series, you can start the eight weeks of warfare right now, today. We put the QR code up all around the theater, like on the stage, on the screen, on the doors as you exit. You can hit it with your phone. You can have that spiritual warfare prayer and begin to pray it. You can print it out. You can just read it on your device. Uh, out loud every single day. If you're an audio kind of person, then you can just get the podcast of that warfare prayer and just listen to it and agree with it while you're driving in the car on the way to work. Now, I realize that when a pastor insinuates that Beyonce might have a demon, that could be kind of a controversial statement, can it not? And I realize that some of you who are coming new here are our spiritual investigators and I want you to know that at this church, we're not gonna like adapt the Bible to fit what you want it to say. I wanna be real straightforward. I, I, I wanna say that in, with the most respect because I respect you for coming here to be open-minded to explore Christian faith and the scriptures, but we're not gonna like water it down or make it more palatable and just tell people what they wanna hear because God doesn't really ask my permission on what I think should be reality. He just creates reality and I have to kind of get down with what he says, right? And so that's the way we view it here at City Tribe. And look, I know what you're thinking, some of you, when we talk about the demonic and the spiritual realm, you're thinking what I would be thinking if I were sitting in your seat and what I used to think. And they, you know, are these people just a bunch of, you know, really superstitious people that believe in chupacabras, you know, and the uh, lechuza? Is that the lechuza? Is that how you say the owl lady? You heard of this one? Or maybe some of you have heard of the donkey lady on the south side, you know, anybody? Anybody know about the donkey lady? And so if you're not from here, if you moved here and transplanted here, just Google it, donkey lady, you know, San Antonio will tell you the whole story. Um, but look, um, I, I thought when I first started experiencing these types of things, are there any like academic, credible people that have had these types of experiences? And I found a plethora of people who have. I uh, was in one of the homes of Dr. David Allen, a Harvard and Yale professor, very academically credible guy. There's also Dr. Richard Gallagher, who's board certified psychiatrist, as well as a professor at New York Medical College, very credible academic guy. I could go on and on and on and on with a list of people who have encountered these types of things. And years ago, um, I met this couple and they came to me for some help on an issue they were dealing with. Their names are Jen and Mike, and they're Air Force Academy graduates. Okay, so they're very sharp, professional 
people and they came to me with these spiritual problems. It seems that Jen was having problems with a so-called spirit guide that was plaguing her now that she had a relationship with Christ. It's like the spirit guide was really agitated by her new relationship with Christ. And the spirit guide, whose name was Michael, like the Archangel Michael, but really it wasn't an archangel, it was really just a demon, but it would grab her hand, it would force her hand to write these very hateful things about her Christ-following husband and, and these types of things. And the way she got into this was that her stepdad was into new age spirituality. And uh, the, the stepdad introduced Jen to the spirit guide, Michael, and it was giving her all these problems. And I'm gonna tell you their story, the rest of their story here in just a minute. Um, but here's what I know about you is that we here in San Antonio come from all kinds of different spiritual backgrounds, you know? And I know some of you were raised to believe that, you know, you can only believe in something that you can see and observe. And then others of you were raised in highly spiritually charged environments. I mean, you were exposed to all sorts of spiritual things from all different kinds of spirituality. And some of you perhaps have seen what you would call like paranormal kinds of things. And when you experience like some potential demonic manifestation, like a night terror or something like that, you tend to come here and say, oh, well, Pastor Doug, has, he knows a little bit about that stuff. And so let's just dump it on him. And what I'm saying is, is that, man, I can't get to everybody. I really can't. And what I want you to know is that you don't really need me. I mean, as much as I like it when you need me and you know all that, but you don't need any sage on the stage, pastor, priest, rabbi, or Jedi. You have the authority to overcome these kind of things. And that's what this series is about, is equipping you. And the reason I wanna equip you in this is because we're seeing an increase of satanic spirituality and demon manifestations. And it's not just around San Antonio, but I was reading the Roman Catholic Church is training more and more exorcists. And the Archbishop of Madrid said that this is, there's been an unprecedented rise in demonic manifestations, you know? And this is not just recent. This is a 20-year trend. It's not just since the pandemic, but this has been happening, been on a significant increase for the last 20 years. And so let's go back to Jesus and Luke 9 that is our focal text for today. And we're gonna see that he empowered his disciples. So look at Luke 9, 1. And remember, he called the 12 together. He gave them power and what? Authority over demons. Now, they got the power and authority. They start, they're like going around casting out demons left and right. They're loving it. And look at what happens in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The 72 return with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you what? Authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And when I read this text, it reminded me of an interaction I had with a police officer friend of mine. We've been friends for many years. His name is Bob. He's been a SAPD and a detective here in our city. And he showed me his badge one day. And I thought about the authority of that badge. I mean, when Bob says stop in the name of the law, people actually have to do it. You know, they have to pull over, you know? And I know that he is a humble public servant, you know, that 
He has brought a lot of bad guys to justice and protected a lot of San Antonians, you know, because that's his role, is he wants to use that badge to serve and protect. He really does that. And he also looks for opportunities to extend the grace of God to people. And I'm one of them. And I'll tell you why, because years ago, when Jeannie and I were having marriage problems, we were separated for a time and I lived at Bob's house. So he's a dear friend and brother of mine. I thank the Lord for this good man of God and a faithful public servant. And here's what happens is that when you believe in Jesus Christ, you are given a spiritual badge in the spiritual realm with authority over the demonic. And look, Bob had to step up to the authority that he had to serve and protect people by holding the bad guys accountable. You know what I mean? And so that's what we've got to do. And I want to submit this one idea to you today, and that is step up to your authority, okay? Some of you have been holding back a little bit on the spiritual warfare side. It's time to step up to your authority. Could you say that when I point to you real quick? And if you're online, you might just post, you know, fire emoji, step up to your authority. But if you're in the room here or in the cafe next door, let's say it out loud together. Here we go, ready? Step up to your authority. Now turn to someone next to you and tell them, Step up to your authority, yo. <clears throat> That's good. Now, uh, not a whole conversation. It's just a real fast statement. You're taking up my time here, but let's get back to Mike and Jen for just a minute. Remember Mike and Jen, I was telling you about Jen was having the problems with the so-called spirit guide that was really a demon controlling her hand, making it right, hateful things and all that kind of stuff. Well, they came in to talk to me. We're sitting down at this table and we're talking back and forth and the thing starts controlling her. She says, here, it's doing it. And it starts writing these hateful things, you know. The, the spirit guy really didn't like me at all either. And um, I taught her to do something. I said, Jen, I want you to say this. You say it, not me. In the name of Jesus. And she said, in the name of Jesus, Michael, you no longer have right to me. Be gone in Jesus' name. And her hand stopped writing, relaxed. She was at peace because she stepped up to her authority. And look, here's what I want you to know. People out there in our city need you to step up to your authority. You know, I can't, I, I'm not, I can't get to everybody, right? There are people that are never gonna, I'm trying to help, but um, you guys are needed out there for people that are struggling, there are people with these irrational insecurities, fears, addictions, unnecessary sickness. People are having night terrors and they're having these troubling dreams. And, um, you know, look, I understand that a lot of our problems are because of our own choices. And a lot of our problems are just because we live in a fallen world. But the Bible tells us clearly that there's something else happening in the background. And God is calling us as a people to step up to our authority in the spiritual realm. And what I wanna show you today are three characteristics of people who step up to their authority, okay? When you step up into your authority, you'll operate in shrewdness. That has to do, shrewdness has to do with your discernment. Salvation, that's deliverance. And then finally, scripture. That's about doctrine. Doctrine is important on the contrary to what a lot of people say. So let's break down each one. Number one, shrewdness or discernment. And this is, this is where we're gonna spend most of our time is on number one in shrewdness and discernment. And here's 
there's there are like several facets in which you need to learn discernment. One is that shrewd discernment between power encounters and practical encounters. You know, when I tell a demon story where a demon manifests and we get aggressive with it and cast it out, that's a power encounter. A practical encounter is when the enemy comes and just twists your thoughts, you know, and twists thoughts that come into your mind. Now, power encounters are by far the minority of spiritual warfare encounters that I've had in my life. I mean, I've got a couple of handfuls of stories of things that I've seen and experienced over the years, but I'm not like walking out of the cameo, you know, going home and having to wield a lightsaber because demons are flying all over me. I mean, that's not my reality. That's, I've had those experiences from time to time and you hear the stories and you picture me walking out in a Jedi rub, you know, you know I say, that's not, uh, okay, that's not my everyday, okay? Um, and, and there are many Christ followers who have never experienced that type of thing, and you shouldn't feel less than because you haven't. But there's also those practical encounters. Now, if you're called upon and you see something, you have to have a power encounter, by all means, deal with it, right? But most of what we're dealing with are those practical encounters where they'll shoot thoughts into our heads from the outside or they know how to somehow interfere and twist our thoughts in such a way that we have these uncanny misunderstandings with other people in our family. They'll oftentimes get between a husband and wife. They'll get between and cause this interference and misinformation between your teenage kids and you, the parent, or you know, uh, between you and your work associates, or you and your boss, or your employees, they love to bring in the twisting of thoughts. And so, first you have to discern, is it a power encounter situation, or is it a practical encounter? I remember my police officer friend, he'd explained to me that, Doug, you know, a good officer knows when you gotta go in hot, right? when you have to use force. I mean, we've all seen on TV where they use force and it wasn't such a good thing, right? Um, and, and, and so if you use force and it's a practical encounter, you do someone wrong. You do something wrong, see? Um, but what he said was, he, he said, we learned a tactic called verbal judo. And verbal judo is where you use body language and the right kinds of words to de-escalate a situation and take the deception and take the agitation and anger out of the situation. You follow me? And that's what we do in practical spiritual warfare encounters. Is this making sense to anyone? And see, look, when it comes to those practical encounters, the enemy knows that, um, that we lean towards the negative. And so I remember when I worked in the marketplace, if my boss said, Doug, we're gonna have a meeting one-on-one, me and you, next Monday, I would think about it all weekend. And what was I thinking? Was I thinking I was gonna get a raise? No. I was thinking, oh, the human resources box is gonna be there. I need to get my resume fired up. You know, I'm getting fired on Monday. That's what I always thought. I always think the negative, right? Um, But that's why psychologist Henry Cloud says 99% of what's in your head is false because we lean towards the negative and the enemy knows that if we have these negative thoughts, it can trigger surges of cortisol and adrenaline And over time, that cortisol and adrenaline will cause depression or anxiety, and the enemy knows that, and that's why they wanna continue to twist the thoughts that are coming into our heads. So we gotta be shrewd and discerned about power encounters, practical encounters, but we also need to be shrewd and discerning 
between legitimate mental illness and demonization. Because someone might have like multiple personality disorder or be bipolar, or they might have a demon. And sometimes I've seen people that have a combination of the two and you have to discern which one is rearing its head at a given time. Does that sound complicated? It is. I need to do a talk sometime on how you tell the difference. But for the sake of time, I want you to see that you've got to be discerning between real mental illness and real demonization. And one of the things that you have to be mindful of while you're discerning, and what I'm seeing a lot of these days, is what's called the distraction spirit, as I call it, the distraction spirit. And oftentimes, the distraction spirit sounds like a good voice, but it's really just a distraction from true north, true center, full devotion to Jesus. And I want to give you an example of it from Acts. When Paul and his associates were ministering and sharing the gospel, there was this young woman who had been, she was a fortune teller, and she comes walking up, and she starts saying all these nice things about Paul and his associates. And she would say, oh, these... these these are servants of the Most High God. I mean, she was landed on things. She's like, like she was a PR person for him or whatever. These are servants of the Most High God. And she kept saying that over and over and over again. And finally, Paul gets sick of it. And he's like, hey, in the name of Jesus, you get out of her right now. He casts a demon out of that young fortune teller. She couldn't tell fortunes anymore. Sorry about your business and fortune telling. But the demon was gone because Paul knew. She, the only reason she was doing it, she's trying to look good, say nice things, but distracting things. And I've seen it in church before. Like, I'm breaking down the scriptures, you know, and someone is leaning in like a spiritual investigator that wants to know Jesus, wants to know the truth of the word of God, and someone's next to him doing this, right? Someone's doing this, distracting from it, saying funny jokes or whatever like that. I was at a youth camp one time, and I was studying these teenagers, and I saw one of those distractors, right? And this girl was leaning in. She really wanted to learn about it. Her friend was next to her doing this, you know, distracting her and stuff like that. And we happened to meet in a separate room with me and one of the other youth sponsors, and the distractor one, um, I sensed it could have been a demon. I confronted it. It manifested in her. The other girl saw the demon manifestation. It's like, whoa, I better come to faith in Jesus. She, got, she came to faith in Jesus right then. I see that distraction spirit all the time. Now, look at this next thing is that lack of discernment blocks your ability to cast out a demon. And that's what happens over and over again. Lack of discernment will block your spiritual vision to see what's really going on. And that's what happened in our focal text that we're studying today in Luke chapter nine, the, the disciples learned a lesson the hard way. Go with me to Luke nine, I think it's verse 40. It says, I beg your disciples. This is the, the, the man, his son was demonized, you know, flailing around on the ground and foaming at the mouth and stuff. And, and the dad's like, disciples, can you help, you know, get this demon out of my kid? And here's what happens. I, he, and he comes to Jesus with a complaint because the disciples couldn't cast it out. He says, and I beg your disciples to cast it out but they could not. Why couldn't they? Jesus answered, oh, faithless and twisted generation. So first of all, yeah, I gotta have faith, you know, and believe that God's gonna do something. But then he says twisted. What was twisted? Their thinking, their discernment was twisted. They weren't seeing the situation clearly. And he says, how long am I gonna have to be with you and bear with you? Jesus, I can picture Jesus kind of quasi rolling his eyes. He's like, bring your kid here, bring your son here. 
And while he was coming, the demon, you know, the demons like to carry on and cause a big show and cause a big ruckus and embarrass the kid. And the demon threw him to the ground, convulsed him, but Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, gave him back to his dad. He's like, here's your kid. Okay. Now, I can imagine the disciples in this situation. Can you imagine you're one of the disciples? You couldn't cast the demon out. Jesus has to take care of it. And the disciples are kind of walking away with the tail between their legs. You know, we, we didn't get it right. We didn't figure it out. Their discernment had been clouded. Now, how did their discernment been clouded? Well, I'm gonna show you. They lost their ability to discern when they wanted the credit. Did you catch that? You'll lose your ability to discern when you want the credit. Look at Luke 9:46 in the text. And a, an argument arose among them as to which one of them was the what? The greatest. They all wanted to be the demon-slaying Jedi. They were full of themselves. And look, I get it. Because, you know, you hear some of my glory stories of when I saw the demon, you know, cast it out. But it hadn't always worked that way for me. And so I kind of need to tell myself on this one. I was in Eastern Europe in Romania with a group of people. We took on a ministry trip there. We're at this big camp out in the hills and mountains of Romania. And I was on the trip with one of my spiritual mentors who had taught me about spiritual warfare many years ago. And this girl manifests a demon. So he calls for me to get my help. So we're in there ministering to this girl. And, and I gotta be honest with you, when I walked in there, I thought, you know, it's been many years since you taught me and I've learned many things since that time. And now the student will become the teacher. You see what's going on there? And that demon's manifesting through that girl and laughs at me. I pulled out all my tricks, nothing worked, and not a whole lot worked for him either, but we did weaken the thing, and we're battling this demon into the night, and I'll never forget this little short Romanian woman, humble lady, walks in, but starts singing this beautiful Romanian worship song, and the worship and praise of God actually in itself cast the demon out of the girl, and I'll never forget the joy on her face once she was finally free. And so I took a picture of her and her boyfriend. Her name was Christina, and her boyfriend's name was Luge. And this is the face of freedom. And all of us there started worshiping God because God is the one who did it. At the end of the day, it's not about the human vessel that helps someone it's God's heart to see a person get, get free. You follow me? And so look at this next passage, uh, Luke chapter nine, verse 43. And all were astonished at the majesty of Doug. <laughs> the point of all this is that we would be astonished at the majesty of God and we would be drawn to worship him for his great power over the demonic. And so they lost discernment because they were worried about who's gonna get the credit. And you know, now we're more sophisticated than that. More we say, oh, all glory to God. 
and it's kind of a platitude, but no, really, all glory to God in these situations. Now, can I show you another thing that will block your discernment? And it's this, you lose your discernment in religious cliques. Have you ever been to that church or known that person that goes to that church that gets involved in a religious clique so much so they think they're the only ones that are right, they think they're the only ones that are going to heaven, they think that all the other Christian denomination people who don't have their exact set of doctrines are gonna go to hell in a handbasket. And so it's like, Catholic people are like, oh, those Protestants, they couldn't know anything about demon possession or they couldn't know anything about the Bible. Who cares what they think? And then some Protestant people think, oh, those Catholics over there, they don't know anything. They pray to statues and stuff. Well, they don't know anything, all right? And then the, what about those Presbyterians? They don't know anything. They're just all academic, you know? They don't ever experience anything of God or those Methodists over here, who knows what they even believe anymore, you know? So they don't know anything. See, see how it works? And have you ever known a friend that went down a YouTube rabbit hole of doctrine and then came to a place where everybody else is full of the devil if they don't agree with every little detail of that individual's doctrine, that is a religious clique. And look what happened with the disciples in verse 49. John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he did not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him for the one who is not against you is what? For you. And so could it be that other Christians from other different kind of churches than ours, maybe we can learn something from them. See, we're on the same team. This is a world of division. Let's not be divided and be in those cliques, but let's be together, you know? And, and one of the things I would do want you to know if you've not yet believed in Jesus and you're a spiritual investigator, don't try this spiritual warfare thing. That's where number two comes in, is so important, and that's salvation. That has to do with your own personal deliverance. Salvation, you must receive salvation by believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin before you can actually engage in this type of spiritual warfare. You know, it's not a good idea to impersonate a police officer, is it? So to illustrate this, I remembered from, from years ago, you know, there was a TV show on called Starsky and Hutch, and recently there was a remake of that show. Remember this with uh, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson? And that movie was about these two detectives, and they had this car. It was that red Torino that you can see in the picture on screen. Well, when I was in high school, check it out, I had this friend that I hung out with, he had one of those red Torinos, just like it. I mean, it had the white stripe. It was called the Starsky and Hutch Red Torino. And there were seven of them in the city where I grew up. Only said there weren't very many of them out there. And some of you perhaps remember that Torino. Anybody remember that car? Okay, dudes are into cars. Okay, super cool car. Well, anyways, what my friend would do, he had this like flashing red light. And we'd be out hanging out, driving around town, you know, cruising around town he would put the flashing red light on top of the Torino. And then we'd drive behind someone and they really thought it was a police officer because they'd been watching the TV show, you know, Starsky and Hutch, and people would pull over on the side of the road and then we'd kind of slow down by them and then we'd roll down the windows and go, ha, sucker, you know? Then we'd just haul out of there, right? And it was super funny for me. But then not too long after that, Scott gets pulled over. They were pulling over all the Starsky and Hutch Red Torinos in town. And, you know, they wanted to make sure and hold someone accountable for impersonating an officer. And look, that's a small deal compared to what happens if you impersonate an officer in the spiritual realm. 
Because there's these guys in the book of Acts called the seven sons of Sceva. And they had not yet believed in Jesus, but they wanted to be like spiritual warfare Jedis and stuff like that and see the paranormal. You know, they went on all the ghost tours and stuff like that. And they wanted to use the name of Jesus to try and cast the demon out. When they did, the demons came back on them and beat the crap out of these dudes and stripped off all their clothes. And the seven sons of Sceva were running away naked and bloody because they tried to impersonate an officer. And so look, step one for you, if you've never known Jesus, man, you've got to acquire and, and by grace and by, through a gift from God, your own salvation. But look at number three, you step up and use scripture and your doctrine about scripture matters. The whole Bible is the word of God, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And there are those today that would say, they, kind of in a self-righteous tone, oh, well, we're the red letter Christians. See, we just go for the red letter stuff that Jesus said. Well, what was it that Jesus said when he was in spiritual warfare in the wilderness? Jesus quoted, guess what? The Old Testament as the word of God to overcome the devil, see? So the Old Testament is the very words of God. The red letters for sure are the words of God. And then Jesus empowered and inspired the apostles to write down the epistles and other you know, books in the New Testament that are also the word of God. And look, there's forces at work that don't want you to wield the word of God. They want you to doubt the word of God. That's the old lie from Genesis that the devil said, has God really said? Has God really said? And there are forces at work in your life that wanna get you to doubt God's word. And the reason they want you to doubt it because they know it's the very weapon that overcomes them. You follow me? Now, you gotta understand that the Bible is not just like, it's just not like those frilly, flowery pictures at the Christian bookstore with a little encouraging Bible verse in it, like a, a sweet little meme, you know? The Bible is more like a weapon, a two by four that you take into a gang fight. That's the Bible. And look, if, if, if you just want like the pop psychology church or you just want the sweet little huddle and cuddle church, I mean, we, we wanna encourage each other, no doubt. But here we come to know the word of God so we can take out the enemy. We're in a war here, you follow me? Is anybody on board with like seeing the Bible as a weapon of war? And another metaphor in the Bible, about the Bible, about the Word of God, it's like a light. It's like a flashlight that lights up your path. And I was thinking about this when I was remembering when I was in seminary, I used to go fishing with this guy named Henry. And Henry was a redneck from South Carolina. We were catching these catfish while we were fishing in a river, and we put them on a stringer. Any fishermen here, you know about a stringer, and you pull your stringer up, check on your fish, put a new fish on the stringer, and we, were pulling, we pulled the stringer up, and there were these snakes that were eating our fish. And we were not happy about the snakes eating our fish. 
And Henry was unusually angry about it. And so he said, let's go get, go in there and get him. I'm like, Jiggle, what? What are, we, what, are you, what are you talking about? And he's like, let's go in the river and let's get those snakes. And I said, um, okay. And he, he gets a two by four out of the truck. And then he says, you hold the flashlight. And so we walk in the water up to, you know, almost our waists. And Henry, he would hold the two by four. And he said, Doug, you hold the flashlight. So I would light up the flashlight. And when I'd light it up, and I'm shining over, I'm looking for a snake slithering on top of the water, and the snakes were drawn to the flashlight. <laughs> How many of you know when you start shining the light of God's word, the snakes are going to come out? And the snake would come up really close, and I would just try and keep the flashlight in his beady eyes, you know, and it'd slither up on top of the water. And then Henry would be all, bah! and he would knock it on the head. And the snake would twist all around. It kind of knocked it out. And he would fish it out of there with two by four. And we would take the snake up on the bank and we would cut its head off. And we killed five snakes that night. It was super fun, super <laughs> awesome. Look, can I ask you something? Is anybody besides me Tired of the snakes eating our fish. Anybody? So maybe we go to war and we go in after them. And you're used to the Christianity, some of you, that is just all huddle and cuddle and snuggle, but maybe sometimes it's time to step out into that water where the snakes are and shine the light in their eyes and use the weapon. So one of our weapons is prayer as well. So what do you say? We go to the Lord in prayer for just a minute. As we bow before the Lord, it's time to make commitments to the Lord. And if you would like to now commit to and receive your spiritual authority to do spiritual warfare, I just want you to raise your hand real quick. May not be for everyone, just raise your hand. If you'd like to step up to your authority. And what I'd like you to do is, uh, while you keep your hand up, only those that raise your hands say this out loud with me. Say, I choose to step up to my authority. Ready, here we go. I choose to step up to my authority. You put your hands down now. And as I go into this next part of the prayer, I'm gonna make some spiritual warfare declarations. And as I make these declarations, if you agree with them, I want you to just out loud say, amen or right on, okay? Because there's power when we agree together in these declarations. And so as Jesus, in Jesus' name, we say to you snakes, get off our people. We say to you snakes, you may not divide us from our parents or our children. We say to you snakes, you may not steal our money. You may not cause division between us and our supervisors at work or our employees at work or our friends or our family. You may not depress us or destroy our marriages. You may not harm our children. You snakes may not addict us to drugs or alcohol. You may not cause bitterness in our lives or unforgiveness. You may not addict us to lust or porn. You can't cause eating disorders anymore, get off. 
You may not cause us to cut ourselves or hate ourselves. You gotta stop terrorizing us at night and robbing us of sleep. You may not blind people from understanding the gospel in this room or on this internet stream. You may not blind anyone here who's already a believer from understanding their authority and position in Jesus Christ as a warrior in the spiritual realm. As we continue in prayer, we say, you snakes must be gone with all your works and effects right now in Jesus' name. So continue in prayer and I can't help but think that as we prayed these things down, it's like someone's eyes illuminated, spiritually speaking. And God's been, in His loving and gracious way, been drawing you to salvation. It's just a big word for love relationship with God. If you'd like to receive that now, just in your own heart and mind, talk to God right now and say, God, look, I know I've sinned. And right now I choose to confess my sin to you. And I believe that Jesus Christ died on that cross to pay the penalty for my sin. And Jesus rose again from the dead to give me a whole new life. Jesus, welcome into my life. And Father, for those of us that have committed ourselves to step up to our authority against the demonic, I pray your protection over all of us, your peace over all of us so we wouldn't fall for the intimidation tricks of the enemy and your discernment on all of us that we, we would be able to discern rightly so that people would be free and so that people would marvel at the goodness of God. Thank you for what you're doing among us. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Well, as we wrap up today, you know that a police officer gets a badge pinning ceremony when he gets his authority. And our badge pin pinning ceremony is baptism. And so make sure you hit that website, events page, and you can get registered for our baptism coming up in September. Also, the prayer leaders are gonna go ahead and start making their way down to the front to pray with you after the service, if that would be helpful for you. They would love to help you out in that way. Next week, we're gonna continue learning about spiritual warfare in a service called the No Spin Zone. There's a lot of misinformation and there's spiritual fake news out there. We're gonna overcome it next week. So make sure and come on back for that. Also, we'll just put up a quick reminder about our offering today for those of you that participate in that and help fund the ministries of the kingdom, the gospel of Jesus here at City Tribe Church. And so you're sometimes our warfare's in generosity. So let's stand together to receive a benediction over us. Join hands with the folks next to you. If you're comfortable, someone around you looks like they're alone, man, just bring them in. And dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, may you walk from here in your authority. May you walk from here in spiritual discernment, knowing, memorizing, learning the Word of God so that you can wield it as a weapon, lighting your path, revealing the schemes of the enemy. And may you also use it like a weapon 
to smack the enemy back to hell where they belong. Walk from here in your authority, helping people get free and seeing the amazing beauty and wonder of our good God. You guys have an awesome Sunday. We'll see you next time. Peace, man. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.